Dutch people are used to eat quite uh, well, like varied foods. Uh, varied, varied. I'm not completely she, she, sure how I pronounce it. You know, like a lot of Dutch meals, it's mashed potatoes with things mixed into it. So this gets, but it's definitely usually like carrot mixed into the mashed potatoes. Hi there, and welcome to the Dutch Guide to Healthy Living. I'm Jillian. I was born in California, raised near Seattle, but I've been a European resident for the last eight years. I've always been fascinated, as an American, why other countries always seem to do it better. They have better healthcare systems, better health outcomes, vacation time, and seemingly happier lives. When I moved to the Netherlands two years ago, I was struck by these tall, thin, bike-riding semi-northerners. The Dutch fly under the radar on most worldwide indexes. While Scandinavian or Mediterranean countries dominate the top spots, the Dutch are always there, sneakily in the top 10, modestly outperforming much of the world. So this podcast is a look into the Dutch way of life through the lens of immigrant stories, culture, science, and history. Today on the show, we're going to have a first look at the modern-day Dutch diet. I'll give you a quick rundown of what the Dutch actually eat. Then we'll hear from dietitian Annelies van den Hove on what the Dutch do well and what they might not do so well in their diets. You'll also get an introduction to the traditional Dutch dishes. And at the end of the show, we'll also give you some tips about how to find a more balanced diet wherever you live. So, let's start with the basics. Like in most Western countries, the Dutch eat three meals per day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, with some snacks in between. Breakfast foods vary between bread, cereals, and yogurt. Lunch is usually sandwiches, and more often than not, with cheese. We'll do an entire episode about this later in the season. And unlike some European countries where lunch is the main hot meal of the day, in the Netherlands, that's dinner. So why are we talking about this in the first place? Well, we know that there's a connection between diet and health. And we know that relatively speaking, the Dutch are pretty healthy. For example, compared to most Western countries, they have lower rates of diet-related diseases like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and certain types of cancers. So truly examining the Dutch diet could give us some insights into a healthier lifestyle. But you might be asking if the Dutch diet is actually healthy, and that's a more complicated question to answer. There are some things the Dutch do well. For example, they have one of the lowest estimated daily caloric intakes in Europe. On average, that's about 3,200 calories per day. In France, it's 3,500, or if you look to the United States, it's 3,700. And according to the Ministry of Health, they eat a good variety of foods and drink plenty of non-alcoholic beverages like coffee, water, and tea. Actually, the Dutch are the fifth largest consumers of coffee in the world. But they could also do things better, like eat more vegetables and less processed foods. Couldn't we all? Here's Annelies van den Hove, a nutritionist and sports dietitian here in the Netherlands, with her take on what the Dutch people do well in their diets. Okay, yeah, well, there's different things that they do well. But I think what I see most of the time is that Dutch people are used to eat quite, well, like varied foods. Varied, varied, I'm not completely sure how I pronounce it. So we have the Dutch kitchen, eh, the the traditional Dutch kitchen with meat or fish, vegetables and potatoes. Uh, But besides that, we are used to uh, eat a lot of international dishes as well. 
And we have the luxury that almost all types of vegetables and fruits are available throughout the whole year. So yeah, we can eat, uh, yeah, we are able to eat a varied. This is true. The Dutch are able to eat a varied diet due to the accessibility of food in the Netherlands. The average Dutch person eats 21 different types of food per day. But there's definitely room for improvement in the Dutch diet. So what does Annelies think the Dutch don't do so well? I, I think uh, most Dutch people should eat less processed foods, uh, less refined carbs, less meat. I think those three are the most important. And that means that we should eat more vegetables, more whole grain products, so like brown rice, whole grain pasta, uh, so with the fiber still there, uh, and more often a vegetarian day. All right, yeah, those are the basics to healthy eating. But can Annelise even pull it off in her own diet? I, I think I made quite a few uh, adjustments throughout the years. Of course, when you when you study nutrition and dietetics, you already get a lot of information, and you can't just change your eating habits like in one in a in a split second. So it takes time. But throughout the years, I, I learned to eat more vegetables, indeed all whole grain products. Yeah, of course, if you go out for dinner or something, that's not possible. But when you cook yourself, um, nuts, but also pulses. Uh, do you know what I mean with that? Yeah, lentils, chickpeas, things like that. So um, I think in general, I try to take care of a healthy basis. And if the basic basis is healthy, it's not a problem to eat something unhealthy once in a while. I'm, I'm a big chocolate fan. so. I can't live without chocolate, so, but that is okay if the basis is okay. So that's how Dutch people eat today, but there are still some vestiges of traditional habits. We'll get more into the history of these traditional dishes in the next episode. But what are some of the traditional dishes that are still frequently eaten? Yeah, well, we call it stumpelt, and I think it's, ve it's very easy. It's just smashed potatoes with some vegetables through there most of the time, or kale or onions with carrots. And you just smash it and you eat a sausage next to it or some um, bacon, yeah. And some must mustard. That's more or less the typical Dutch cuisine. <laughs> but the Netherlands also has a significant immigrant population. In fact, nearly 22% of the Dutch population has an immigrant background, like me. They're one of the reasons the Dutch diet has become more varied. But for some immigrants, the traditional Dutch dishes can be pretty boring. Here's Jonathan Gruber, an American immigrant who has lived in the Netherlands for almost 30 years and has some interesting opinions about Dutch food. So I don't really eat Dutch food. Um, as you could probably guess, I'm not a huge fan of Dutch food. Uh, not that it's terrible. It's not terrible. I've been to countries where the food's terrible. <laughs> like, I don't want to eat any of it. And that's not the case in the Netherlands. It's just boring. It's very bland. And so, you know, if somebody sits me down to a, to a meal of a, of, of a hutzpot or something like that. You might not have caught it there. What Jonathan said was hutzpot. Do you remember the stompot Annalise was talking about? Well, stompot is an overarching term for a number of similar dishes. Hutzpot is one specific type of stompot. Here's Jonathan again. So that's like, you know, like a lot of Dutch meals, it's mashed potatoes with things mixed into it. And this kids, but it's definitely usually like carrot mixed into the mashed potatoes. 
And then there'll be there might be some kind of gravy, but it won't be like real gravy. It'll be reconstituted gravy from a powder. And uh, maybe if you're lucky, you'll get a roquevorst, which is a very large, inferior smoked sausage. Now, a lot of Dutch people would be pissed at me because they they really love their roquevorst. They think it's fantastic. It's not. All right. So this is all not looking very good for the traditional Dutch diet. But Jonathan has experienced firsthand the change that has been reported by the Dutch Health Ministry. And then something happened. And I don't know exactly what triggered it. But something happened. Whereby, I guess a new generation of Dutch people who had been used to travel and the internet, that must be it, it must be the internet, um, became pickier and became... Uh, used to good food and, you know, the traditional boring lack of variety, low quality stuff that had been the stock and trade of the Dutch supermarkets and frankly, most of the restaurants, in my opinion, that just wasn't acceptable anymore. That I've noticed that that things are just unrecognizably better. I mean, if you transported me from 91 walking around in an Albert Hein feeling angrier and angrier <laughs> as I would walk through to now where I genuinely don't have that feeling anymore, right? I genuinely walk around and I think to myself, this is so much better. Oh, look at this. Oh, this is new. That's good. Oh, hey, this tastes great. And oh, look at all the variety. Is that a red velvet cake? You know what I mean? <laughs> all, all, it's changed. It's metamorph metamorphosized so much now as to be unrecognizable as to how it was. And the funny thing is I still hear lots of expats complain about the lack of variety and quality of Dutch food. And I say, oh, sweetheart, you have no idea. You have no idea. It's so much better than it was, and it's getting better all the time. And in fact, sometimes when I go to supermarkets, even in, in Italy and places like that, while what they generally have is pretty good, and, you know, especially all the Italian stuff, that's pretty much all they have, Italian stuff. Like if you're interested in Asian food, Italy is not a great place to be, Right. Whereas in any Dutch, reasonable Dutch supermarket now, you have an ever-growing Asian section of the aisle where the quality of the things that they sell are getting better and better. It's not exactly an Asian supermarket. But by the way, if you want to go to an Asian supermarket here in Amsterdam, there's at least five, of um, well, some of which are very big. You know, I can have, I mean, that's not the case in other Southern European countries, which are in a way a kind of a monoculture. So because the Dutch are kind of starting from zero, they don't have a chauvinistic tradition to build upon and say, no, this is the way food should be. And if you go off from this, if you, if you go off from this tradition, you're doing it wrong. Whereas the French are definitely like that and the Italians are definitely like that. I don't know enough about Spain, but I'm going to assume <laughs> that they're like that too. We'll dive more into the history of the Dutch diet next week. And you'll hear more about Jonathan's search for Jewish food in the Netherlands. But for now, it's time to check in with our local expert and Dutchometer, my partner, Marijn Suters. Now, a bit of background. Marijn is the reason I moved to the Netherlands. He was born in the south near Maastricht, but has lived his entire adult life in the north in Amsterdam, until we moved to a smaller town called Leiden last year. Every week we'll get his input on whether or not we're on the right track. Here we are, sitting on the couch, discussing typical Dutch diet. So we've been talking about the various different types of Dutch food, but um, 
Marijn seems to have a different opinion about a very important Dutch food that's been left off the list. What's that food? The thing that I would present to people if they come over to the Netherlands, specifically on market day, would be raw herring. Herring is this fish not a lot bigger than a sardine, I guess, than a big sardine. And it comes from the ocean and we eat it raw. So we take the head off and we gut it and we take, well, most of the skin off. And then we dip it in raw onion and its tail is still on. So you hold it by the tail and you flip your head back and then you kind of just dip the herring into your mouth and bite off bit by bit and piece by piece. It tastes of salty, fishy fish. <laughs> and what, what's the comparison that you would make? Well, no, I actually think like a lot of people who come over find it, oh, but it's scary and it's raw and it's fish and that's, I don't want to try it. But it's sushi. It's Dutch sushi. It's as fresh as sushi and it's as fishy as sushi and it's beautiful. It's maybe slightly less charming and you will, <laughs> you will taste it the rest of the day because the oniony fishy flavor might just come up a little bit every now and then but it's it's a beautiful thing and there's actually some tourists who came over and who loved it and some who refused to try it yes which i have less respect for than some who just tried a tiny little part of a bit like you did <laughs> Just to paint the full picture, can you also say again how you actually eat it? So you grab it by the tail. Well, so the fish is completely gutted and beheaded and de-skinned, but... But the tail is still on. the tail is still on. So actually the, the, the whole outside tail of it with its, with its fiber and everything. And on the inside, there's like three centimeters or like a good inch of uh, fishbone still in there which kind of keeps it together and then you have freshly cut onion and usually also um, uh, slices of, uh, of of gherkin pickle pickle yes and so, <laughs> so on top of the raw fish you put raw onion it's the perfect combination and then you Hold the fish up above your head. Well, first you dip Why does it have to go above your head? Well, because it just slides down your throat easily. In one bite? No. No, in like, I would say three or four bites or something. Until you reach the last little bit of fish bone. And, and then you just... What, what's left between your like thumb and index finger uh, would be just the tail and that good inch of fishbone. But you have to uh, be aware of where you are because, for example, if you would eat a herring uh, from one of the fish stands on the beach, there might be seagulls who try to uh, steal it from you because as you, they've been there for dozens and dozens of years. So the seagulls are the fish then. Well, both of them. So the seagulls the now seagulls know. Longer. 
seagulls probably longer and fish stands came in after and and the seagulls learned that people are also tourists are there but while they're getting ready for their first bites obviously someone else has to take a photo because you're there with your head back in your neck and trying to take your first bite and then the seagulls they see their chance and they might fly in and try to snatch your raw herring from you i think they have more uh success fishing that way than actually fishing live fish from the sea but you know it might be a blessing in disguise no it's <laughs> good it's good fish it's pure food it's it's very unprocessed which might sound strange to some of your listeners but it's food the way food is meant to be a mouthful of seawater well of, of, of fishy fish fish so to recap, the very traditional Dutch dishes consist of potatoes, vegetables, and meat mashed together in different combinations. And don't forget about the raw fish that they eat by holding it from the tail. But in recent years, the Dutch have been more open to incorporating many more types of cuisine, and it's helping them to eat a more varied diet. But like in many Western countries around the world, there have also been some unhealthy shifts to more processed and sugary foods. Annalise will give us a few tips about how to stay healthy wherever you are in the world. The first tip from Annalise is to compensate if you've been eating a little bit too much, like if you were on vacation or you went out to dinner. She calls it balancing. Yeah, well, a balanced week, I think, is already hard. But of course, if you go on holiday, it is true that the days before you go on a holiday, um, it's smart to eat more healthily than, uh, than and afterwards again. Um, balanced day is more what I do. So indeed, uh, or what I recommend, let's say that way. Um, so for example, uh, yesterday I went out for dinner. Uh, and so today I start with a healthy breakfast. I try to put a lot, a lot of structure in my eating pattern. I, I try to eat enough vegetables, fruits, dairy, whole grain products. So all the basic nutrition is in there. And I tend not to eat extras, like uh, um, exceptional things like cake or cookies or something like that. That is, in my opinion, a balanced day. So you only try to eat products that have nutritional value. So as little, uh, how do you say it, empty calories as possible. But we're also living in a very strange time, with many people around the world in lockdowns or quarantines due to the coronavirus pandemic. Annalise says that some structure can help us. Yeah, well, I think that the biggest issue during this time is that people lose their structure. Uh, that means structure in maybe eating habits, because normally when they go to the office, they have a certain time that they have their lunch, they have a certain time that they have like a coffee break, uh, and now they're back home and, and they, well, the structure is gone. Uh, so it's already, it starts with that, um, but also structure in uh, doing sports. So the, 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 the sports center were closed for a, a long time. Uh, people can't do things together or too close to each other. Um, so also the amount of movement, the amount of exercise is less. Um, and then sleep, the same there. So people can sleep longer because yeah they they can decide how late they want to start working so the main thing is make sure to put structure in your your day structure in sleeping pattern uh, in, in eating uh, but also in moving exercise so plan when you are going to do exercise or when you're going to do sports 
So I think that's the main issue. And I always tell people, just like you plan your work, also try to plan these three things in your day. And finally on the show today, here's why Annelies says it can be good to visit a nutritionist. In the Netherlands, this can be covered by your insurance. We'll come back to that later in an episode about the Dutch healthcare system. But if it's available to you where you live, it might be something to consider. I think the the biggest problem for a lot of people is that there is so much information on the internet. So if you Google something about healthy nutrition, you will find, well, trillion uh, websites and every website will just explain you something different. Um, So a lot of people come to me and they don't see how, well, they don't know anymore what's healthy, what, what they should do, what the best way is to lose weight or to eat more healthily or to improve their sports performance so then i always yeah tell people just find yourself a professional and and uh, ask your questions and ask them to explain it to you so you understand why you should do certain things um so i think that is the the, the most important reason to visit someone yeah oh and one thing motivation of course in Dutch, we say they need a stock after the door, a stick behind the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm not completely sure whether that's a, a good saying in uh, in English, but um, it means that they, they need you uh, for motivation. They need you as a checkup. So whether it's a visit to the nutritionist to help you stay motivated or just finding a little bit more balance in your diet, these are some of the things you can take away from how they do it in the Netherlands. Tune in two weeks from now for the next episode. It will take you way back to the origin of Dutch food with cultural historian John Verriet, and Jonathan will take you on his quest for Jewish food in the Netherlands. A big thanks to Annelies and Jonathan for being on the show today. You can find more about Annelies' nutrition practice in the show notes. Of course, thanks to Marijn for his Dutch perspective, and to my brother, Teddy O'Mara, for composing the amazing theme song. And a big thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in. See you again next time.